the meta and welcome to Pokey Rogue TCG, your place for rogue decks news and acting like a dick. My name is Nick, and with me is my co-host, Austin. Let's get into our 24th episode. Man, so what's been going on? Oh, man, nothing. We got the Guardy Party busted out, knocked out, and uh, some free time on the weekend. So we thought, man, let's go ahead and record. But other than that, you know, nothing big, no big deal. Just had a tree fall on my house. And <laughs> yeah, that's a normal a thing. That's a normal thing that happens to people. Yeah. Not a whole tree, but a sizable limb that punctured a hole in the, you know. I mean, that had to, so, that had to fall just perfect, man. I mean, the puncture, I, I used to have tree limbs, huge limbs fall, hit my house in Memphis all the time, mm -hmm. never punctured through the roof. And yeah. yet you get this, this limb that just perfectly lands vertically and goes through your roof yep hey it's how it happens man so i guess that's what insurance is for once you meet the thousand dollar deductible you know <laughs> who cares at that point i so, think it's a conspiracy man i think the tree was hired by the government to get their tax return back <laughs> <laughs> i know right get a nice tax return and be like nah here we go we're just gonna we're just gonna shave a thousand dollars off the top there but yeah it's whatever i mean it's annoying, but if there's any time it's going to happen, then might as well be when have a couple extra thousand dollars in the pocket <laughs> of the tax return. So, but that's been it. I um, set some posts for a more robust, larger chicken pin this weekend as well. My yeah. brother's best friend, Seth, came out and helped me. He brought out this huge, like, mechanical auger. I was, like, prepared to be digging all day. Yeah. And he, unbeknown to me, he just showed just shows up with a <laughs> mechanical auger and the digging portion was done in about 10 minutes. And I was like, Oh, awesome. So that was nice. So it's awesome. You know, we have, I'm really grateful for him. Um, he's been an awesome friend to me. And so it's nice, you know, that kind of offsets the shitty news of the limb going through the house when somebody comes out and, you know, helps you. Yeah. That's pretty posts. great, man. There's going to be some happy chickens. Yeah, it is. So we can get a little bit larger chickens. Um, just have a more permanent structure and make it look, I mean, you know, chicken pens are gross inherently. So at mm -hmm. least make it look not as gross. Yeah. So, but what's been going on with you, man, <sighs> man, uh, not much, man. Just, just working. Finally got time to play a little bit of the guardy stuff to put a deck together. I think I got like a total of 15 or so games in playing it before, before entering the tournament so got a little yeah. practice this time most of the time when we have these rogue formats like i don't get a chance to do like much of any practice leading up to it. i might do like a five games or something but this one i got to do maybe about 15 i think for well, a lot of it was practice against me we got to hang yeah. out a lot man so That's... it was definitely a really good week just hanging out and playing a casual format yeah it, it was an enjoyable format so it was nice to get to play it besides that man just trying to Find all the shit that we need for like the the upcoming baby. We got like yeah, you know we got like twelve weeks mm -hmm. till the baby's due. So yeah, you're definitely uh, in get the, the get all in that the home plan. stretch. Yeah, all that planned out. Trying to find a new new apartment as well to move to or a new house to rent. We want to get out of the one we're currently renting. Yeah, you Either don't that, just want to put up a tent on your land and raise the baby there. Yeah, just just in the freezing cold. You got it, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, it only it only sits like negative twenty for, you know, months here, but I've got a I've got plenty of pallets, man. You could build a ballot pallet house. <laughs> yeah, you gonna you, you gonna build me a pallet house, Austin? I'm not I mean, gonna think build about pallets. it. You you just gotta you know, you just use those and you just throw in some insulation in between there and throw up some I don't mm. know. Say it's possible. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. I don't know if it's... I'm sure there's a lot of extra money that's still going to go into that, but... I've got know. I've got about 200 decking screws, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, well, thanks, man. That'll get me far. Hey, what that's about, like 40 what bucks the, right there. Yeah, what about the the well and septic I need to dig on my land? How about that? Um, well, we'll see. We can, <laughs> we can bring that we auger. Can, we, can we can make bring one that of auger those. <laughs> bring we, that auger in and get about probably, let's say, eight foot down. So that's a good start. You can dig the rest out. Yeah, for uh, sure. As for the septic, uh, you got a fence line. You know, <laughs> just, we'll build. Uh, we can build a pallet outhouse. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, that we don't need running water or any of that, man. We don't You said there's a stream, so you just get a bucket. <laughs> it's uh it's not an active stream. It's like dried up. Oh. It's dried up, man. Well, just do the rain dance. <laughs> yeah, this is this is all making perfect sense. No, it's like a you know, put it putting in a well in septic is is like fifteen grand right there, so it's an easy, an easy fifteen grand just to get it that it's even set up in a way where you could put a RV or anything out. Yeah. Now you got to run power yeah, out to it. We got a power line on the corner, but you know we still got to run wire to where we put a house. So we're we're like twenty grand to get it just so we have a spot that you could even put an RV. So that's not happening anytime soon. But constantly looking for a new house. Like to get that done sooner rather than later so we can actually get everything set up for a nursery Mm -hmm. but if we can't you know if we can't find a house to rent because it is pretty scarce in this rural area we might just have to to buy a really cheap house to live in for like three years oh yeah well you said houses are abundant out there yeah like by my by my work there's a lot and they're they're real cheap i mean i have a lot of options at eighty thousand dollars or less for homes I could I could buy that would be like comparable to what I had in Memphis for like eighty grand. So, mm-hmm. but you know, out here they don't they don't sell quick either. So I'm not very confident that if we buy an eighty thousand dollar house that I can easily resell that eighty thousand dollar house in three years. You probably have to rent it out. Yeah, there's a better happen. chance. There's a better chance I could probably rent it and and pay it that way. And but yeah, yeah. you know. Besides that, we're here to talk about Pokemon. So let's talk about. A rogue deck. It's not our rogue deck, although it looks a lot like our rogue deck. It's a no, single it's, it's a single strike Lugia list that played in Knoxville and actually did well and made day two. So let's go rogue. I went rogue. I just had no hope. I really had to let shit go. Had to rise. I went boast till I found my pot of gold. Man, and do you know I'm this player's name? Discord. You're grateful no, for I the don't. Discord? <laughs> well, I'm grateful for it because I don't have Twitter. I don't, you know, I don't do the Twitter, but P Sharp does the Twitter and he brought it to our attention that nine card TCG played single strike Lugia at Knoxville. He did. I'm looking at this list, man, and I will say this is this is like within six cards or so, five or six cards, probably about five different between the single strike Lugia lists that we featured. Now we featured two different lists. We featured your list. We featured my list. I feel like this one is sitting somewhere in between our two lists with a few other cards changed out. Exactly. But what's awesome is that he took this idea and ran with it and did very well. So it's always exciting. And, you know, um, when you put out an idea out there and I'm not saying he heard it from us, you know, he probably, he could have come up with this on his own, but it's awesome to see like, you know, come up with a rogue deck and then see a very comparable deck do well in a regional. So it's exciting. And I thought we should take the opportunity to talk about it and talk about the differences that we noticed right away. Yeah. Well, cool, man. So, I'll, I'll start with the Pokemon he's playing. He's playing a 2-2 line of single strike Urshifu V and VMAX. He's playing a 3-3 line of Lugia V, Lugia V-Star, a 1-1 line of Umbreon V, Umbreon VMAX. He's playing one Stoutland V, which is something we didn't play. Mm-hmm. He's playing one, looks like Drapion V, which we didn't play, just to fix his Mew matchups, even make him even better. One of the Luminion Vs, three Archaeops, which is, I think what we were playing was a three, that's what I was playing. One yep. Dunsparce and one Punkaboo. We played the Punkaboo, I believe, but I don't yeah, think, I don't think either of us played a Dunsparce, so he has three Pokemon different. Dunspar, Stoutlin, and Drapion from our lists. Definitely. Um, and for his trainer cards, he played one Lost Vacuum. I don't think we took an opportunity of that. Nope. Only two copies of Earn Vitality, which I think we both only played two. Three Evolution Incense, three Ultra Ball, four Quick Ball, one Choice Belt, two Tower of Darkness, and then his supporter line was one Irida, one Boss's Orders, one Marnie, one Professor Burnett, I believe that one's kind of tucked away. Um, that could be research. I think nope, it's... that's Professor Burnett. One judge, two Serena, and three copies of Professor's research. Yeah, energy. He's going with 
one capture energy, two double turbo energy, three aurora energy, four powerful energy, and four single strike energy. So I did play the four single, I played the four powerful. I did not play the aurora, I opted for the uh, the other single strike energy, was it spiral energy? Yeah. Fusion energy, I can't remember which it was, but the other single strike energy, I opted for some of those instead of the auroras because I could pitch them if I wanted to a tower. And yeah, I did play the doubles, so that was similar as well. I did play that one capture. So all very similar there. As far as our supporter count goes, I think I played a higher Marnie count and didn't play the Irida, didn't play the Judge. But uh, yeah, the Burnett. But everything else was pretty similar. I just went for higher Marnie and less of the other stuff. Yeah. So to be honest, man, I, I really like this list better than mine and maybe even yours. Um, I'm just going to say it. I really like yeah. the, you know, bringing, you know, incorporating the Illumina, the Aurora energy for the Luminion V. We see that in Lugia all the time. That's a pretty common move, but it is really important to have everything be a potential attacker all the way down to the Dunsparce. Um, that sounds silly, but it, it can, you know, can come up. So I really like to see that, that versatility there. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see the Statlin. I know that's become more popular as well. I did it with all the way back at 80 p but I haven't touched it since. And what I don't know the name of the attack, but I know it's like three colorless energy um, and does 40 damage. And if you knock something out with this, it does, you take an extra prize card. Does it have to be a basic Pokemon that you knock it out with? I think it does. Let me let me check yeah. that quick. It's been a while since I've played it, but I believe it does. Because it's, it's in there for like the Lost Box matchup. Yeah. Which I but think is one of the more difficult matchups to play with our lists. Yeah, yeah but it's entirely possible. You put three powerful energy on there, yeah. you're swinging for 100. Yep, uh, has, has not... to be a basic, so. Yeah, so you can put three on there. You can even put four on there, and you're swinging for 120. That's hitting all your lost box. Some of the Reggies, you know, it's it's possible. Put the chel- chel- choice belt on there, hit something that's weak, and just, you know, you're off to the races. But yeah, it'll, it'll fix your Reggie match, which is necessary, mm-hmm. because I think that's kind of a place that, we did struggle a little bit. Now, I didn't struggle as much because I went with that 2-2 Umbreon VMAX line, which, you know, forced them to have to use the the big boy to take the KO there. It was a little yeah. more difficult for him. But the the Stoutland fixes it up pretty well because Stoutland combined with Dunsparce, Stoutland's able to take two prize every KO. And if you turn mm-hmm. off weakness, they're not one-shotting Stoutland. If Stoutland pulls right. off two attacks, you're already up four prizes, and at that point, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, like Luminion and Archaeops, or it doesn't fucking matter. Anything's just going to clean up the board for you. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it's this is streamlined. This is this is definitely a lot of practice has gone into this deck. I don't really see any cards that don't make sense to me, unless you feel that way. I mean, I don't know about the Professor Burnett. I don't know about something like that, or you don't. I don't think so, I would go Irida either. You don't think so? I mean, nah. so the appeal to for Pre- Professor Burnett is just, you know, you've seen it played. You go and get the Archaeops because he's only playing three Archaeops. So it gets him, it gets him in the discard pile. So that's pretty important because if you're playing four, you're going to see him more often. So I would believe that's the... Don't know how you're going to see it, though. Yeah, I mean, that that's my thing, though. It's a one-of, but you need to see it, like, immediately. With Luminion. So you do play Luminion. You know, you can grab it with Luminion and attack with Luminion and get it off the bench later on, or maybe they play Collapse Stadium, you get rid of Luminion there. I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, you need to... You need to have it on your first attacking turn. Yeah. You need to have Lugia out. You need to have Lugia V-Star. You need to get Professor Burnett. You need to play it. It's it's a lot for like that fast in the game. I mean, that's well, the only thing to me. Going, yeah. What if you're going second, though? You're saying first attacking turn. Yeah. You know? So I'm saying, you know, you could play research. You're, you know, I, I you could probably see it. And if you don't see it, he's still got the ultra balls, the quick balls, the you know, he's still mm-hmm. got the regular engine to see it. So it's just that extra little thing. And I guess it'd really come down to would you just rather have an extra copy of Professor's research, you know, over yeah. Professor Burnett? But I like the Irida personally. You quick ball, grab play, you know, quick ball, grab Luminion, 
or you know whatever i'm not i'm saying that in the wrong order but you know irida gets you the Luminion, gets you that for the next turn mm-hmm. has it in your hand you know you can be marnie but at least you know you have a supporter you may not even have to use it but it gets you there and it gets you you know any of these trainer cards which can be relevant maybe it's a tower of darkness to bump something it doesn't matter it just mm-hmm. so i do like that um other than that i mean i think he had a lot he obviously had a lot of success seven four and one and I think he probably had a rough time in day two. I think he had a strong record going to day one. Yeah. You know, I think I don't know if one. he had seven for day one. He said he was really proud of his day one record. Well, it had to be at yeah. least six two one to make it. So I mean he had yeah. to, he had to be pretty he must have dropped him at some point in day two, right? Because you play more than six two one going in. I mean, that leaves only three games. So I think you play more than three games in day two. So yeah. I'm guessing I'm looking at his I'm looking at it. He dropped after round three. Yeah. So um, I think he just had no no reason to to play. You know, if you got a long drive, you just kind of cut, cut your losses, you know, and be proud of the day two finish and, you know, get some sleep. That's important. Yeah. But <clears throat> I don't know, man. What about the lost vacuum? I mean, that's I don't really opt to play that. I, you know, would rather play tool scrapper, but maybe why? What's the merit of lost vacuum? I think it's because you have to discard a card from hand, right? Yeah. So it gives you okay. another way to discard an Archeops, maybe. And it's disruptive, and it puts it in the Lost Zone, so I guess there's that. Um, how do you feel about the 1-1 one, one Umber out of VMAX? I like it, because that's how I played it. He has the Drapion V, which we you know skimmed over briefly to help with the Mew matchup. So yeah. he's just having that one gust, but you found a lot of success in having a lot of Umbreon V and having that gust. So it's kind of like he cut the 1-1 one, one Umbreon for the Stoutland and the Drapion, and it yeah. paid off for him, but... Yeah, I don't know if I would go with the Drapion. I think I would still, I would, I would opt to play Stoutland. Like looking at him yeah. now playing it, I had considered it, but I didn't. I personally didn't want to be too meta. You know, it's, mm. it's, I'm sure it's the right decision. I was trying not to play it because I didn't want to fall into like using the meta cards. I would still play the two-two Umbreon just because I like having that free gust. I mean, I find myself using that so many times for game. Mm-hmm. having that Umbreon out there. So that's pretty neat. And uh, I mean, Drapion is very situational. It's just a Mew matchup card, but Umbreon can also win Mew matchup. So. Yeah. Well, this is a very, I would have to sum it up very meta way to play this, uh, this deck. This is about as meta as it gets. Um, the two tower of darkness. He doesn't have as many targets. We played a heavier tower of darkness, you know, but we had more targets. Like you played the, other version of single strike energy just for the have more targets for the tower of darkness. Right. So to have more energy um, as well as valid targets. Uh, and then we also played the what do you call it? The scroll of scorn, I believe we played. Right. Like, he definitely of, cut that out. Um he got rid of the Deoxys and the fusion strike energy that I had, and that was a good call. Um, even when you did it. I think that's only good in a mirror match, but obviously this isn't running rampant because we, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> would be in a different state of the meta. So but anyway, that's all I really have to say about this. He had a really good run. I really like it. Really good list. And honestly, I think the best way to play it, even if it's not rogue, as it can be. Yeah, cool. I mean, it definitely makes me think of, I want to find a way to get that Stoutlet in there. So I will go with yeah. that. I'll probably make a little revision to mine. One thing I can say is Single Strike Lugia, uh, Single Strike Lugia is not going anywhere after rotation. No. I mean, these cards stick around, almost all of them. So you still get to play this deck. Yeah, we what lose uh do we lose quick ball? Or did that get reprinted even? I know we lose capture energy. That's the first thing I'm seeing in the Yeah, capture and double turbo and, and Aurora. He's playing Aurora. We we don't play yeah. Aurora, but our our versions are closer to what we will get to keep. Yeah. But exactly. uh no, I mean we'll lose some of it, but when you compare this to everything that a typical meta Lugia list plays. We get to keep a lot more in the single strike variant than a regular meta Lugia deck would get to play. So I think this will probably become the meta way to play Lugia. Yeah, I would expect this to hit the ground running and take off. So we better play it a couple times before it gets too popular and then we have to abandon it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, it. I think we've exhausted this segment. It's time to get into a review of the Guardy Party, which took place this weekend.
So, man, we just completed the second Guardy party. What'd you call this one? Guardy party after party? You better believe it. <laughs> and I think it's time for us to talk about the top two decks in each of these tournaments. We've really seen this metagame develop over the course of 24 hours with yeah. these two. And I, I think it's pretty cool. This is more diverse than I thought the game was going to be when we discussed the idea of a Gardevoir tournament last week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, the idea was that we came from when we used to play these mirror matches on, you know, Sunday together down in Memphis, and we would do like a one or two card difference. And this is not it at all. There's so many different ways to play, and it's it's been really fun um, until you lose in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> but no it is a really diverse format surprisingly awesome man so we'll go through the two we'll go through guardy party and then guardy party after party for those listening these took place on saturday and then saturday night and then sunday afternoon that way our european players had the ability to jump in on sunday at a time frame that worked for them as well but uh, do you want to talk about the decks that happened in the Pokey Road Guardy Party from Saturday night since you were one of them? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to start with second place, which was me. And this was my first version of the list. And I since changed it. But, you know, this one made it all the way to number two. So we're going to talk about the list word for word. And it did really well. I went four and two all the way to the top final round until we met Gumi, the infamous Gumi, who actually won the second level ball tournament and is now the proud owner of the gold level ball. I just want to throw that in there. So this is a reoccurring threat. He uh, was a terror, but nonetheless, let's talk about my deck list. And my approach here was to be very versatile, but also have the option to hit for big damage. Um, in hindsight, I feel like I took away some of my elite, like being lethal for being able to take some hits but I wasn't too dedicated to the healing. So, you know, if I could go back and do things again, you know, I do things a little bit differently, but here's my list. Nonetheless, I have a two, two split of the Ralts, uh, two from silver Tempest and the other two from astral radiance. Um, one is the 60 HP Ralts or two of them are the 60 HP Ralts that let you do memory skip, which is really good. But the dangerous part is that 60 HP um, which we learned very quickly that Glade or Gardevoir V with a cleansing gloves on it and the psychic energy can donk you. So to kind of alleviate that threat, especially since I wasn't relying on the memory skip, I decided to play the Astral Radiance ones where it let me get 70 HP and the teleportation burst so I could do 10 damage and then swap back. But the most important part was that 70 HP. So I knew that I wasn't going to get donked if I started with that Ralts. Um, you know, just kind of lessen the odds, make it where it's more likely to start with Gardevoir V or the Ralts with 70 HP to keep me from getting docked. Yeah. Um, moving on, I had four Corellia, the ones with um, refinement. I did not do the split that a lot of people did that was very popular. Um, this was just discard a card from your hand, draw two. Very important. The best way to play Corellia. Um, you know, Mirage Step is really good if you started with it or you know, had the opportunity and then you got more Corellia. I went this route. I didn't really miss the Mirage step because honestly, um, I didn't have an emphasis on really attacking or, you know, needing the Gardevoir, the, you know, the Gardevoir Glade line until about the middle of the game. So I could play a little bit slower and kind of get the cards I needed along the way. I had two Glade with the luck. What, what was the name? Buddy catcher. Um, I since cut this down to one, but the two was really nice to have just to see it sooner. I usually opted to go to the Glade first with my play style once we talk about my supporters. Um, so I could knew that I was then immune to Marnie's, you know, maybe even a boss, made me less likely to be susceptible to those. Um, and then I went with only two of the Gardevoir with um, Shining Arcana. And because I was getting, I was accelerating my energy from Rose rather than Shining Arcana, Arcana all the time, as well as Ar um, Raihan. And that, that was a three. major difference, right, compared to a lot of other people's right. decks. I mean, you definitely leaned into some other options for ener energy acceleration, which is something you have to consider if you're going to play the VMAX line. How are you mm -hmm. going to get three energy out? So that was definitely a good answer. Right, because Shining Arcana just let me down too many times. 
Um, so I wanted some other options. I still, you know, the Shredding Arcana did pull through, especially at the end of the game when I could shuffle some energy back in and thin the deck. And, you know, it was always there when I needed it. And sometimes if it hit, it hit. It was nice. You know, it just kind of helped me set up for future turns. But when I was thinking about the immediate attack, it was coming from my support line. That was where I was getting my energy acceleration from. Then I had a 3-2 line of Gardevoir V, Gardevoir VMAX. And again, this was just, I wanted three Gardevoir V to make it less likely to start with the 60 HP Ralts. And so that was it for the Pokemon. For my trainers, I'm just going to move right through these and I'll talk about the specific ones at the end. Had two Raihan, two Rose. And so Rose, um, as, as we know, is discard your hand and put two energy from your discard pile to one of your um, Pokemon VMAX. Pretty good card, especially if you yeah. got the line alleviated, but I'll go with that decision later. Two bosses orders, one Avery, one Arzu, one Copycat, one Shauna, one Serena, four Evolution Incense, four Rog Fog Crystal, two Rare Candy, two Sup Suspicious Food Tin, two Lucky Ice Pop, one Escape Rope, one Tool Scrapper, one Pal Pad, one Ordinary Rod, two Emergency Jelly, one Cleansing Gloves, and one Wide On Stadium, and I closed it off with 10 Basic Psychic Energy. Some of the cards I want to talk about is the Rose. You know, this was really important and just popping off and getting that energy when I needed it, especially when, you know, I had um, Glade available to me. I knew it would have a supporter the next turn, or even the Shining Arcana Gardevoir, you know, like I, I knew I could play Rose and then still have some cards after the fact. Maybe not the ones I wanted, but, you know, they were always there. Yeah, I think between well, Rose and Raihan, both being accessible to Gallade, I mean, you have so many answers to get the energy and guarantee that you're attacking on your following turn without having to rely on something like Shining Arcana. It almost seems like Sh Shining Arcana is just not even necessary. No, and Shining Arcana was like, if I hit the energy, it's nice, but it was more so just to get more cards in my hand after I did the Rose. Yeah. Second. Um, and then the Arzu was really interesting. I know you kind of opted against it because you can only grab non-V Pokemon with it. But what's really cool is you can find three evolution Pokemon and put it in your hand. So when you're trying to establish that line, especially going slower like I was doing. Um, hold on a second. <clears throat> your dogs are very upset right now. Sorry about that. I had to <laughs> toss a crock out of a dog. No big deal. <laughs> But <laughs> so when I was not trying to go do the Mirage Step Corellia, um, I found Arzu to be helpful just to do those manual evolutions because then you got to see the Corellias. You could use the Corellias ability and then use the Gardevoir after the fact. It's always nice. Always nice to see. I don't know. I always appreciated it when I saw it. I had the full art copy of it. Copycat's a card that we don't see in most standard format. It was really nice here because... By the second or third round of the game, you know, it's not uncommon for your opponent to have 10, 12, 14 cards in their hand. So if you need a lot of cards, it's a good way to do it. Yeah. And then another thing was Shauna. Um, I decided, like, more often than not, Marnie wasn't effective. And sometimes, you know, I didn't want to shuffle my opponent's hand back into their deck. So I just opted for Shauna. Shuffle, draw five. It's also nice because um, maybe I just wanted that pure randomization, especially due to the nature of like stacking and having all the cards in my hand. I would just rather mm -hmm. have the pure randomization than all the stuff in my hand. Um, and other than that, it was all pretty standard cards that we saw in a lot of them. The only thing that I think I made mine stand out apart in this list was the two emergency jelly. Yeah. Where it's a tool card where if it's on your Pokemon and it has 30 less HP remaining at the end of their turn, then you get to heal 120 and discard the tool card. And the, what I found really interesting is that you could be really thrifty because Gardevoir VMAX heals 50 to itself. But it also, you know, you could play the Suspicious Food Stand or the Lucky Ice Pop. And you could be really crafty to where, where your opponent hinted to you, they just would activate that regardless. And yeah. so it was a nice way to heal and stay around a while. Um, Did it wasn't that become, always possible. Was, was it relevant for you throughout this tournament? It was, yeah, it was definitely okay. relevant. It definitely came up. I got to utilize it, you know, in three of my games. It didn't make the difference in the, you know, one of the games, but it did activate it, so it was nice. So I was doing a lot of convenient healing. And then the White on Stadium is kind of a forgotten one, um, where if you evolve your guard, your V Pokemon into a V Max, you heal 100 damage, up to 100 damage at that point. So Guardy mm -hmm. V takes a hit, which is very common. Just evolve here, and then you get it. The only downside is your opponent can take advantage of it, so you have to be aware of their game state. Maybe think you're going to be taking a knockout on the Gardevoir V or before you play this. Just depends on the you know the state of the game. Other than that, it was a pretty standard list. It performed pretty well. Um, it wasn't like hyper consistent, 
I did miss the cleansing gloves in this list. Actually, I did have one copy of cleansing one, yeah. gloves. Um, 10 psychic nice energy. Just, yeah, 10 psychic energy. This was your pretty run-of-the-mill, I think, middle-of-the-line deck with some tricks. Um, the cleanse, the in-emergency jelly was cool. And I more so, to be honest, just wanted to play him because I don't think there'll ever be a format where they'll be relevant. So I just thought it would be interesting to take advantage of it. I mean, I could be wrong. They they could pop up and rear their head in a couple of months, you know, with the standard format. But until then, I just found them to be fun to play yeah. with. And I, mean, I really enjoyed my copy of Tool Scrapper as well. Yeah, I would say, as I look at this list, and I look at it compared to all the other lists that played, because we've seen probably, you know, 15 or so different Guardi lists now, Yours is the closest to like a toolbox. I mean, you have a mm -hmm. lot of things. I know you're saying like, okay, you have a few fun cards, but I mean, we didn't see everyone playing Suspicious Food Tin. We mm -hmm. didn't see Lucky Ice Pop making it in everywhere. We definitely didn't see Tool Scrapper. We didn't see Emergency Jelly. Not everyone played Cleansing Gloves. I don't think anyone else played Wyndham Stadium. And then your supporter line with the Aruzu, Avery, Copycat, Shauna, Serena, Rose. I mean... Those are all pretty unique ones that not everyone went with. Yeah, it was definitely fun. Um, this was a more of a fun event for me. So I, like you're saying, I just wanted to take the fun of, I feel like these obscure um, supporters, especially until right before the event, I was playing Friends of Galar just to draw three. And mm -hmm. uh, you and Sebastian were like, why don't you just play Avery? Because you're still going to draw three. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So. But anyway, that was my list. Um, so cool. So that was, was not this... as... Yeah, go ahead. It was a fun one. This one got second out of the largest of the events, so definitely had some merit. You know, looking at it in hindsight, there's a couple things I would tweak about it, but nonetheless, I'm really happy with how it performed. Never let me down. Always played all my games, never got donked, just got to play straight through, and, you know, did was pretty formidable against the next deck that we're going to talk about. Okay, so next one is Gumi35, who took the first place in the first Pokey Rogues Guardy Party. And this one, his deck definitely made people consider some changes for Guardy Party 2 after Party, because mm -hmm. his was a control deck. Right, and actually what's kind of neat is a seniors world champion. He didn't play, but he saw this event and conceptualized a deck list and gave it to Gumi. And Gumi, you know... Took it all the way undefeated to the wins. So that's definitely cool that some so, high level, pro, you know, so high profile players saw this event and took interest in it. So we'll read through the cards and then we'll talk about kind of what he was doing, you know, mm -hmm. throughout his matches. But so they go through the Pokemon. He's playing four Ralts. Uh, that is the Ralts with memory skip. So the one that can turn off their, their one of their attacks of their opponent's active Pokemon. Three Curlia. Uh, sorry, four Curly altogether, three of the Silver Tempest Curlia with the Refinement, and then one of the other Curlia. Two, yeah, with the Mirage Step. Two, Gardevoir with Shining Arcana. One, Gallade with the Buddy Catch. One, Gardevoir V, one Gardevoir V Max. So that's what he's got going on for Pokemon. You want to go and start running through these trainers? Mm hmm. So you had three Silene, two Bosses Orders, one Team Yells Cheer, one Raihan, one Piona. One Cheryl, one copy of Misfortune Sisters, one Marnie, one Bird Keeper. We're going to emphasize Bird Keeper later. Um, four Level Ball, four Crushing Hammer, three Evolution Incense, three Fog Crystal, two Pow Pad, one Rotom Phone, one Rare Candy, one Scoop Up Net, one Energy Recycler, one Full Face Guard, and four Galar Mine. You want to close out the energy? Sure. And then his energy is going with eight psychic energy, one double turbo energy, and one horror psychic energy. So those were his unique energy choices in the double turbo and that horror. Right. So right off the bat, you know, especially with like Silene and what what's the the Silene and you know the crushing hammer and crushing hammer, Rotom phone, um, Galar mine, all, all of Galar that. Mine, your typical and pal pad. Yeah, it's just. It's, you just you can tell what he's going to try to do. And uh, he did it. <laughs> Definitely could create this soft lock that wasn't broken, but we were not prepared for it. We knew uh, it was a possibility, right? We had discussed yeah. the idea of someone's going to try to build some kind of a Ralts memory skip lock. And the whole point is memory skip does 10 damage. You choose one of their attacks. 
and the next turn that Pokemon can't attack. Why that's so important for those listening who didn't play is that most of the attackers in this Gardevoir format have one attack. With the exception of Gardevoir V. Right. So most in most scenarios, Ralts is able to turn off their only attack and then with the inclusion of Galar Mine, they need to be able to switch out to another Pokemon who is also set up to attack. And keep in mind, all the attacks cost a lot of energy. They pretty much all cost like three energy right. with the exception playing, of Gardevoir V's first attack. Yes, right. Unless you're playing the Gardevoir that's not optimal from Silver Tempest. Right. Nonetheless. Um. So we were emphasizing the bird keeper. Um, this was kind of like what we found after the fact, looking at his list was the answer. I had gotten rid of my copy of bird keeper would have done a lot of gone a long way, but bird keeper we found is great with Gallade because it's a guaranteed switch. You know, you kind of think it's kind of a dead card. If you don't have something to switch into early game, but late game, it was great. But yeah, I got this guy down to one prize when I was playing him in the regular, you know, um, uh, runners and then you got them down to two or one right i i was at two i played no switching two. cards at all in my list in this right. first tournament so so i got them down to one prize almost had them and then you just got that lock and it's just there's not a whole lot you can do about it um we thought the answer was um and what's cool is this deck has two sides the answer was just get two guard of rvs out because they have two attacks and you'll always be able to do something. Whether if you could put the uh, the cleansing gloves on there, you can do sixty and knock out the routes and all that. And I did that. So I I see him in the finals. We're playing best of three, and it's our first round. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. And I set up the Gardevoir V, Gardevoir V. Don't put any of my Ralts, Corellia, or other Gardevoirs on the bench. And so and I'm just like, I'm gonna manually attach and get them on there. And I get set up and I start attacking and he just goes into attack mode, catches me with my pants down because I have nothing set up, no way to yeah. answer. And he just starts swinging like a regular deck. <laughs> and that's all she wrote on that one. Just not, you know, at that point, there's nothing I could do. Um, I didn't have any of my infrastructure on the bench. And Yeah, I think and I kind of realized this with his deck right away, because when I played him, he quickly brought out the V. He was getting everything set up for the lock, but he did bring out his V and he was beginning to set up his V. So he he put some pressure on me that I couldn't just sit back. I had to prepare to knock out that V. So he yeah. forced me to have to set up my bench some. So I ended up with four Pokemon in play so that I could quickly knock out his V. But at this point, you know, I'm taking prizes, but he's getting ready for that lock. And I got yeah. I got to a point of I had three prizes taken. And at that moment, he got the lock. I was able to work through a fourth prize, but I got to a point where I would have to deck myself out to be able to take my fifth prize. And at that point, it wouldn't matter. So, right. but, but that was, I was playing zero switching options because I played such a high energy count to manually retreat. But, you know, one or two switching options would have been the difference of being able to win that matchup. And that's kind of what we realized moving forward is you need to have a couple switching options. Or yeah. either more than a couple or a couple with lots of energy. You need one of those two balances to be able to kind of work around this. I found my escape rope to be helpful. Um, boss was nice to kind of break his lock for a turn or two so I could do a little bit more in the background. But it was pretty deadly. Um, I didn't find his Cheryl ever come up in my matches. No. The Misfortune Sisters. I definitely see the relevance. I don't think that they'd... It's not that they don't belong. I just never saw them used. I would maybe forego the Cheryl. Um, unless he's just trying to get it out of the... No, that would... It doesn't even do that. So I would just get... Maybe forego the Cheryl. But the one copy of, um, you know, Scoop Up Net, you're like, ah, oh, he only has one. No, it came back with Silene. And um, yep. Kumi had some pretty good success with Silene, I must say. He flipped a couple double heads against me. And at that point, you can't be upset. You know, he's just he's playing really well, getting some heads and just mowing right through you. The Galar mine hurts, too, you know, because yes, that makes yeah. sure you have to manually retreat. That is before, what really and sometimes hurts. you have to do it. Yeah. And uh, I, I did it, man. I, I I definitely retreated multiple times out of Galar mine, you know, so I could right. take a knockout and progress the game. But when you're retreating for energy and then he lands just a couple crushing hammers throughout the game. Mm -hmm. 
that starts feeling really bad. You can't you can't discard four energy more than twice, even if you play a lot. Yeah, I mean, I have some special back options. I had Rose available to me, but then like I didn't want to go Gardevoir VMAX because he just shut me down and you know had ordinary rod. But other than that, like it hurt. And um, the horror energy was interesting, not in this matchup, but another player played horror energy where I felt it was yeah. more relevant. True, um, but it was definitely interesting. It was very thorny. So rather than playing the cleansing gloves, that kind of helped you fix your mouth. So that was interesting, but um, not the most relevant in my personal opinion. Um, I don't think any of our list are going to mention it, but we found that V-Guard Energy by Sebastian was really good. And I think uh, something to definitely consider where the Gardevoir V or VMAX can't necessarily take a one shot, even with the cleansing gloves on another. I'll, uh, I'm going to mention it from mine because I, I did switch oh, to it. it yeah, I, I have it in my deck. Well, with that being said, this was the first place deck in the main event. Definitely the one to beat. And why don't we just move on to the Guardy Party after party? Okay, so Guardy Party after party. I mean, main event. There's not many difference in the number of players in them. But new, a yeah. lot of new players in Guardy Party after play, party who didn't play in the first one. Guardy Party after party. The second place is Superior Spider. And what I like about his is he opted for the pure single prize guard of war mm -hmm. deck which we did see some people trying to play this but his went pretty well he went 4-2-0 with the pure single prize he's playing four of the silver tempest ralts with memory skip he's got three of the silver tempest uh curlia with refinement he's got one of the curlia with mirage step three guard of war with Shining Arcana and one, oh, sorry, two of the Gallade with Buddy Catch. So everything you'd expect, he's going to try to get those Gardevoirs out. He's going to try to get him out with the Curlia with Mirage Step so he can just fill his bench. And then he also does play a Rare Candy in here. So he has got a lot of answers to quickly get these out into play and just kind of command the board with some some big damage because he is playing 12 Psychic Energy here. So the damage output from his Shining Arcana Gardevoir is going to be pretty high. I mean, that can definitely get to the one-shot range on VMAXs, and I did hear that he had some one-shots on VMAXs in some of his matches to get to on finals. Pysak, right? Yes, against Pysak. So that means he, he can get to 320. Now his trainers, he's going with two Birdkeeper, two Avery, two Marnie, one Raihan, one Boss's Orders, one Clara to, you know, get those Pokemon back, one Skyla, one Silene, four Rotom Phone, Four Level Ball, three Evolution Incense, three Fog Crystal, one Energy Recycler, one Rare Candy, one Escape Rope, one Pal Pad, one Ordinary Rod, two EXP Share, one Big Parasol, and two Shopping Centers. So some unique things to me that stand out right away is the inclusion of these Rotom Phones, looking at the top five cards of your deck, choosing one of them, put it on the top, and shuffling the others back in. That's pretty cool because he's setting up like a guaranteed energy that he's going to get mm -hmm. off of his Gardevoir. Shining yeah. Arcana. So, I mean, he's just guaranteeing that he's going to get at least one every time he plays. You had, you had contemplated this, but you thought it wasn't going to be powerful enough. So you kind of... Yeah, I didn't like, I didn't think it was... I think it makes more sense in a pure single prize deck than mm -hmm. when you're playing with the VMAXs because we're hitting for bigger numbers anyways. My thought process behind this was if I'm going to play the Rotom Phone to guarantee I have one more energy, why not just play more energy in general? Right. I think was my my thought process, but so that was pretty interesting. Um, the rare candy is always interesting. It allows you to quickly skip to a Gardevoir. If you think about it like this, the Curlia is going to throw three. The Curlia with Mirage Step is going to throw three Curlia on the bench, but mm -hmm. then one of your routes can now rare candy directly into a Gardevoir, and that allows you then to go Gardevoir, 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 Gallade, Gallade, all in one turn. Yeah. On your on your following turn, like you you could just fill everything up so fast, you could have all five out, and then you got you know things like Clara to get them back in to continue playing the game. The EXP share is pretty interesting in this because he is able to move that energy when something gets knocked out at least one back to something else to keep that damage output really high. That also helps with Gallade because Gallade is going to grab one of those energy, use Swirling Slice for 160, and then move one of his energy back to a bench Pokemon. So probably back to like a Gardevoir. I, I had definitely taken advantage of an EXP share in my first copy of the list where I thought Shining Arcana was the best way to play. Um, and it's nice to see that someone had a similar idea. 
um, the tool scrapper does ruin that <laughs> that play pretty quickly. Um, what about shopping center, Matt? Yeah, so Shopping Center, pretty interesting because they're able to put a tool card from one of their Pokemon back into their hand. I can see why he played it, because he's able to grab those EXP shares back into his hand. So if something's about to be knocked out that had an EXP share on it, he picks it back up and attaches it to a new benched Gardevoir, you know, or attaches both of them, you know, like he can just keep... Because you can have two Pokemon with EXP share on them and then both receive an energy when something gets knocked out. So when I played against this player, he did use that shopping center to pick up the EXP share. So pretty unique uh, choice. The one energy recycler is also really helpful in here because you're going to get to a point where you're using so many energy, but you're going to run out. But when your deck gets thin, when you put those five energy back in the deck, I mean... Like, all you're doing is shining Arcana for energy at that point. Like, you can just amp up that damage output. Yeah, especially shuffling them back a little bit with Ordinary Rod. So. And Clara, right? Because uh, Clara grabs yeah. two energy as well from the discard pile, puts it into your hand. So. And the energy recycler. So, I mean. There's a lot. There's a lot yeah. of energy going back into the deck. Good conservation. I can see why this single prize list did do well. Two Bird Keeper as well. So, I mean, he's got cards to get out of locks. This is yeah. that that's the major shift from day one to day two is I think in day two, the decks developed in a way where people were more prepared to get out of locks. Right. The cat was out of the bag on the lock. Yeah. Uh, what, not, once, that, not, that, not that it couldn't have stuck. Yeah. It would have been a lot of less effective. In fact, we saw one version of a lock deck. But yeah, it did not. It did not work as well once everyone came into the tournament prepared. The one downfall I see with Superior Spider's list, and this is really what hurt him in the finals, was a one copy of Boss's Orders. He has the ability to take huge damage to a VMAX. But when your opponent sees an open deck list and sees a one copy of Boss's Orders, he's only got one chance yeah. to snipe the VMAX on the bench once he has a big... He's got to really save up that energy, and he only gets one chance. So if he's playing against someone who also plays single prizers, they can opt to attack him with the single prizers and you know wait for the moment when it's difficult for him to build up enough energy to actually take a, a huge KO. All right, he could pop, you know, use Pal Pad for it to come back in, but True. that's just less reliable. I mean, but with Gallade, it's not impossible because he just... Plays yep. Pile Pad, puts it in the deck, and then has it. But you're right. Even another copy of Boss's Orders would be awesome, or at least Serena. I mean, I played two bosses, one Serena for that reason. Because when you're ready to hit, you better be hitting into what you want, especially considering all the healing. Yeah, absolutely. So. So cool. So then the next one, first place for the Guardy Party After Party was my list. So I went with a 5-1 record throughout the day. My one loss was a donk to you. That that's why actually some of my <laughs> most of my losses are donks when I get when I get the loss so far. So the deck list overall has performed very well, but you are susceptible to donks. You don't have as many answers to get out of the donk zone. You did get donked. I did I get say. I did get donked. Then we played another one and you got donked again. <laughs> I got donked again. Then we played a third one and you got donked. I mean, it's just you. You did the donk in that time, oh. man. This this yeah. format does have a, a lot of possibilities for donks. So the first place list that I used was, you know, it definitely changed a bit from day one. Day one made me change about five cards or so and really plan for some switching options since that really fucked me over on day, uh, in day one. So I went with four Ralts with the memory skip. I went with a 2-2 two, two Curly Align, two of them with a Refinement and two of them with uh, the, what is it, Mirage Step. I, I did find myself actually using the Mirage step quite a bit. So like it was very helpful to me to have that. It, it really helped me set up the game because it allowed my Gardevoir to not be in the active taking the hit first. I was able to get my whole board state set up, maybe go down by one prize by losing the Mirage step Curlia, but then being completely set up to take the first hit with my Gardevoir V and VMAX. So I did I like... Yeah, go ahead. And I'm sorry, I do have to agree. I agree with you so much that my day two list actually incorporated the 2-2 split like yours because I saw how effective it was. And nice to have that opportunity to set up and just be set up. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so I went then with a three Gardevoir Shining Arcana. I leaned in pretty hard with Shining Arcana. 
And that is because I play a very high energy count. I played one Glade, two Gardevoir V, two Gardevoir VMAX. I'm playing 12 Psychic Energy and one V-Guard Energy to reduce the damage by 30 that my Pokemon take from V-Pokemon. That helps your Gardevoir VMAX turn everything into a three-shot game. So if you got the guard, if you have the guard energy out on Gardevoir VMAX, they're almost always going to have to three-shot you. Right. So we're about to go into the trainers, and before we do, man, I just got to say, like, mine was very long and a lot of one-ups, and yours is very condensed, and no one way is better, but I definitely just want to put that out there, let the listeners know that you're going to be getting a little less spikes here, but oh, yeah. a little bit more consistent, a little streamlined. That, <laughs> I completely yeah. opted. My mine is the basic bro consistency deck list of Gardevoir. Yeah. Like that's, I I messed with some spice, but I didn't like it. In the end, here I decided I'm going to go consistency. I'm playing higher energy counts. I figured the energy would give me the energy plus increased shining arcana would give me switching options, right? Because I play mm. more energy. I have more abilities to just manually retreat. I didn't need as much supporters. So what I went with trainers, I went with four Marnie. I liked the Marnie. I liked playing four of them because I liked resetting my opponent's hand like every single turn. And yes, they have Gallade, but they're now having to use Gallade to get an option. And if they don't have Gallade, you can find them with their pants down, not being able to get out of the situation, you know, just hoping to top deck something, hoping to get something off of refinement. Mm -hmm. So I did play the four Marnie and I, I do not regret playing four Marnie. Like it helped me so much. Three professors research just because sometimes I want to get seven cards. Like I don't care about burning some stuff I don't need. I want seven. Two Raihan because, you know, I can grab them with Gallade and get something set up right away. Two Serena because they give me gusting options for the Vs. Two Bird Keeper so I can get out of those locks as well as draw three. One Boss's Order so I can snipe a Gallade. Getting rid of that Gallade right away will allow you to Marnie for the rest of the game and control the game. Four Ultra Ball. Four Pokey Gear to increase my chance of hitting all these supporters. I may be the only one playing on this Pokey Gear. Yeah. So I, I always was finding my supporters early in the game as a result of that. Four Fog Crystal. One Suspicious Food Tin. My little my little bit of spice to get that healing from my Gardevoir VMAX. Sometimes it just allowed me to get it into a three or even a four knockout right. zone when I had V-Guard energy. One well, not only that, it would allow your Gardevoir B to hit big numbers, too. Exactly, yeah. So it just gave a little bit of spice. It was super useful. It allowed me to turn a lot of my Gardevoir v, VMAX situations into three three shots before they could take me out, and that's without V-Guard energy. So it definitely extended the life. One ordinary rod so I can, you know, get two of those energy back in, as well as, you know, get, like, my VMAXs and stuff if I have to lose them. One energy recycler to get energy back in, five energy back in, and two cleansing gloves so I can boost my damage by 30. Gives me a little bit of a donk factor. So two opportunities for the donks. It also allows me to get Gardevoir VMAX into the two-shot range with cleansing gloves. That's if my opponent is not playing V-Guard energy and if my opponent is not playing a healing card. So if my opponent is not playing a healing version of Gardevoir VMAX, cleansing gloves will get you there, but cleansing gloves will also let you one-shot the Gardevoir V with your Gardevoir VMAX. Mm-hmm. As far as energy, I mean, I played 12 regular Psychic. I played Energy Recycler, which allows me to get five back in, and I played Ordinary Rod. So I have the possibility of seeing 19 Psychic Energy throughout the game, as well as one V-Guard Energy. So 20 possible energy that can be seen throughout the game with the setup I have, which is why my Shining Arcanas, more often than not, do work. I find myself getting, if I have three Gardevoir out, I'm going to get at least two energy from the three if not hitting three out of the six cards I'm going to see. So that did pop up, and especially at the end, allowed me to amp it up. Well, that too, and the Ultra Ball lets you kind of thin your deck out in the Evolution Incense, get some of those stuff that aren't Psychic yep. Energy out of the deck, just to give you a little higher odds, and that's definitely something that's important. Uh, yeah, to, for, for sure. So. I mean, I definitely went with the thinning, went with get the energy back in, and went with, you know, just that consistency, hitting the Shining Arcanas, taking the KOs, having some manual retreat options because the high energy... And uh, yeah, the only problems I had was like day one, not playing any bird keeper was difficult for me because like I needed, I can only manually retreat discarding, you know, four energy so many times. Eventually you need to have like a, a bird keeper, you know, you need something else. 
Finals for day two, I mean, I there was not a chance for the single prize deck against this. Like it it just steamrolled over over that matchup. I'm I'm sorry, Jim. I mean, this deck was great. Did not do great in this matchup. Right, because you have single prizes. You get to manipulate yeah. the you know prize count where it's like, oh, you're gonna have to take a lot more prizes. You know, you make him knock out a guard of our D Max at the end or whatever and that, it may be. That is exactly what I did. I fought him with single prizes for the first two prizes. And then as he fell down, he no longer had the ability to accelerate massive amounts of energy because now he has less Gardevoirs. He has to attack me with the Gardevoirs, but then I'm knocking them out. So by the yeah. time that he can finally start attacking my VMAX, he now only has, you know, two Gardevoirs in play. Well, he can't accelerate fast enough at that point. So, yeah, I mean, it, it just it, it did what it needed to do. I think at this point, I'm very happy with this list. It's maintained above 70% win average throughout the time that I've been playing it. So I, I like it. I think it has a fair match against the locking meth- the locking decks now. Mm-hmm. But I think it is a very vanilla deck. You know, it is just consistency and there's not much tricks to it. Not many frills, man. No frills. Well, I like your list. You know, yours performed really well. There were so many variations that we didn't even discuss, but I think now the phase two of the Guardi party is for an influx of people just to start playing Gardevoir in regular tournaments. I want to see it happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not bored about. I'm not bored with this meta at all. I will say that I enjoyed it. I see it developing. It would be cool to get some bigger Guardi party events. You know, get. Get those numbers up to like 20 players and see what people yeah. come up with. But I do like seeing all the variations with a small card pool. So I definitely hope to do more of these. Well, maybe we need to park another one on Limitless for a little bit longer. Promote it. See if yeah. we can't get those numbers up to 20. See how the meta really shakes out then. Hopefully people actually read the instructions this time so they don't enter yeah. a Lugia or a Mew list. <laughs> I think we had like seven people do that. Between the so. two days. Yeah, there, there's a lot yeah. of people getting dropped for not reading. So... But you know, a decent amount of people did come out and actually build guardies, and some some notable players built some guardy decks. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. I'm very excited with this format, and uh, I hope we get to do some more of these in the future. So we can see what else develops. Are you hungover from the guardy party? <laughs> mm-hmm. <I'm not. laughs> no, you just said you weren't. No, I'm not. I'm not hungover from that. I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. All right, man. If you made it to the end of this episode, we greatly appreciate you. Please take a second and give us a five-star review. Bokey Rogue wants to hear from you and build a community together. Hit us up with your thoughts about Rogue decks, misplays, and how to avoid being a dick when playing Pokemon. And as always, join the Discord. Link will be in the description. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, this isn't really an announcement. Um, it is going to definitely affect the state of the show, but... Join the Discord because I'm going to have to step away for at least six weeks at the end of this month. I'm going to be doing some professional training, so we're going to require a lot of my time. The reason why I say join the Discord is because before then, I'm going to definitely be hanging out more so than normal to kind of get some reps with the Rograts, do some more Rograt invitationals before I have to take a semi-hiatus. You know, I'll still definitely be around, but not as available as I normally am, so... Hopefully we get some new people in the Discord and we can hang out before that happens because I want to play some more casual events. I've been having a lot of fun even doing GLC to if that starts strikes or sparks your fancy. No, it doesn't interest you, Nick. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the slightest. I don't know, man. I do kind of like it. It's fine to just kind of kick back and slow. It's slow. It's very it's kind of like you like to play chess, you know? Yeah. It's like I consider it like checkers. <laughs> Easy, easy. Not easy, yeah. but uh, <laughs> um, less strategic. Yeah, there we go. There, There is strategy, but not as much. That, that's my analogy. GLC is the checkers of chess. <laughs> no, checkers of Pokemon. I don't know, whatever. I think we understand. <laughs> gotcha. My point has been made. <laughs> so join, join the Discord. You can keep up with any events we got going on. Join the next Guardy party. You know, you'll see when it happens. When we just have a for fun Rogue Rat Invitational. Yeah, those are always fun. Four or five people. Nick wins and gets high in his britches. <laughs> I don't. I don't win them very often. What are you talking about? 
You're right. You don't because <laughs> you don't play in them that often. That's true. <laughs> that All is right, true. See you guys. Have a good one, everybody. Bye.